Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. The Super Bowl is this Sunday in Atlanta, and it ends perhaps one of the most controversial NFL seasons in history. There are serious doubts about the sports safety. Owners embraced a policy to crack down on player protests during the national anthem, and the president, Donald Trump, got in on the action too, pushing owners to be tough. The Detroit Today team discussed our own boycott of the league in August. For many different reasons and in many different ways, we had decided that enough is enough. We were not going to continue to put money in the pockets of NFL owners. And we're going to update you on how that went. But we also want to know how you're feeling about the NFL as we come up on Super Bowl Sunday. Are you going to watch on Sunday? Have you been watching all year? Are you maybe having a party or attending a party to watch the Super Bowl? Or are you staying away from it and even staying away from those wonderful commercials that air during the Super Bowl because, like us, you've decided that the sport is no longer acceptable. It's no longer okay to patronize. That's where we want to begin the conversation today. And I've got two folks in the studio who will help me reckon with our boycott of the NFL (laughs) this season. Uh, Laura Weber Davis is the senior producer of Detroit Today. Laura, welcome to the studio. Good morning. Also with us is Jake Neer, one of the other producers here on Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. And uh, in a little bit, we're going to talk with David Dennis, who's a senior culture editor at Interactive One. He joined us in the fall uh, when we talked about boycotting the NFL. We're going to get his perspective, not just on uh, the league and the problems that the league has, but also music as it pertains to the Super Bowl. He's been writing a lot about uh, the league's difficulty finding a halftime uh, artist to perform this year. So we're going to talk to him in just a little bit. But I want to start with Jake and Laura. Uh, we all said we were going to boycott the NFL this season. How did that go? Well, you mean other than, uh, I mean, when it comes to my decision to boycott or not watch, I mean, other than the fact that the Lions are just a terrible team and they (laughs) suck, uh, you know, I I would just say that, um, you know, I'm a little uneasy personally with the term boycott for my decision to stop watching this time around. Uh, Boycotts, in my mind, typically don't work. Uh, And you know what does work, though? It's, It's disinterest. It's, you know, this really personal feeling that people just no longer need or want a product. And I think that that absolutely applied to me and that absolutely stuck with me through this season that, um, you know, I just, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> it's been 30 years <laughs> of done. watching this team just like yeah, every year disappoint me and cause me grief and pain. And I just, you know, after a lot of things happened, um, you know, the, there were, um, you know, the the way that the hiring process for the new coach went and the aftermath of that, uh, I explained more in August about why that sort of put me over the edge, but also, you know, issues with CTE, issues with the way that the team or that the league was treating people uh, like Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, regardless of, of even the political aspects of that, the fact that he's not an NFL quarterback right now is disturbing in many ways for me. Mm-hmm. And so there were many, many reasons for me to stop watching. And it really just led to this like deep disinterest and um i will say though that i laid some very specific ground rules at the beginning of the season 
And I stuck to those, uh, which was, it, you know, I'm not going to turn it on in my house, but if someone else is watching and I'm at their house, I'm not going to tell them to turn it off. And, you know, I go to my parents' house often on Sundays. My dad's there watching the football game. <laughs> so I probably watched two or three games this mm-hmm. season. Um, and uh, it actually was a great reminder why uh, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> you didn't get they sucked back in. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I remember when this call would have given me great pain and caused me to be depressed for, for a week. Uh, and I'm glad I don't care anymore. Wow. Wow. All right, so you you pretty much stuck to your guns yeah, all all throughout the season, Laura Weber Davis. Uh, this was less of a difficult decision for you, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, I mean, boycotting the NFL is like is like boycotting broccoli for a child. <laughs> I mean, I I never watched the NFL growing up. I still don't care about the NFL in general. I'm not a professional sports fan uh, because I, I hate watching people at the top of their game. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Talent is bad. (laughs) I've always been a fan of college sports and I am a Spartan and I have really enjoyed watching our football team since I became a Spartan and started Mm -hmm. there in uh, 2001. Pardon me. Uh, For me, it falls in line sort of with what Jake was saying. I reached a breaking point and it didn't feel like a boycott in that it wasn't like Lent where I had to give up something that was going to be really hard to give up. Mm. For me, I felt like I am so tired of watching these athletes, specifically unpaid athletes, destroying their bodies potentially permanently for my entertainment. And it became like watching a gladiator Um, sacrifice himself. And and, and I have a really hard time with that, especially when you're talking about racial disparities and economic disparities on the field and thinking about what life these literally broken children may be going back into and unable to afford medical treatment. So it wasn't hard for me to stop watching because I just find it sickening. Hmm. Um, Now, my big fear was that I would still be interested in the outcomes my husband is still a big fan, and I'm not going to stop him from watching. It's, it's This is a personal thing for me. Um, you know, he would tell me who won, and and I would take note of it. But I honestly don't think I could tell you what the what our what our um, our win wins and losses and were throughout Michigan the season. State. Michigan mm-hmm. State, yeah. yeah. And it, it does it didn't hurt that the team I know was not that great this year, so it, it made <laughs> it's it a convenience easier for, for all me. of us here. I think. Right. <laughs> but when I was reflecting this morning on if the team now came around next season and did really did really well, would I care? I don't think so. I don't think I would mm. watch, and I might want to know the outcome of the bowl game, but that would be so it. So you're finished, really, with I, football. You know, it's weird to say that, but I think so, especially because I grew up in Ann Arbor in a college town caring about college football. It's weird to say I think I'm finished. I kind of enjoy the tailgate atmosphere still that comes to the city, but I have, as an adult, begun to enjoy the slow methodical pace of baseball (laughs) (laughs) and I know that they damage their bodies and there's a lot of problems with every single professional sport but um, to me there is something to be said about a, a sport that is is less focused on the brutality. And, and Laura, you and I both have three-year-olds. I mean, one thing that for me, like <laughs> my weekend suddenly opened up and I could like do things, like leave the house on Sundays, right? And Instead like, you know, pay attention to kids, stuck. like what the kid wanted to do right. and things like that. It yep. was, you know, it was actually really nice. Hmm. So Stephen, yes. 
I think this one may have been hardest for you in some ways. I, I, I will fully admit that it was. It was very difficult to make the decision in the first place, and I had a hard time this season sticking to what I said I would do. And and let's let's refresh the listeners' memory. I said that I was going to boycott the NFL because of the owner's treatment of the players over these national anthem protests and some of the rhetoric that was thrown around about them, uh, the, the virulent reaction of the public to people like Colin Kaepernick. I just decided that it was enough and that uh, I couldn't support a league that treated people that way. Uh, I, I was done with the owners. I didn't say I was going to boycott college football, even though I feel a little badly about that because I think there, there are similar problems there with exploitation and, and safety, of course. Uh, but I didn't feel like I could go quite that far. Um, and, uh, you know, for the most part, I stayed away from the NFL this year. I did not watch a full game at any point. Uh, there were a couple times I, I broke down and, and turned the, the station to the game, uh, the, the Lions-Dallas game. I really wanted to see the first half of that for some reason. Uh, I, I felt like that was a kind of a pivotal point in the season. I did watch that. Uh, there was a Ravens game. I lived in Baltimore for a very long time, a big Ravens fan. Uh, there was a Ravens game I watched to wa- to see their new quarterback uh, play. Uh, and I did watch the, the end of the Patriots-Chiefs playoff game, the AFC championship game, because uh, Tom Brady, uh, being a Michigan alum and being just such an incredible example of excellence over a long period of time, I, I felt like I wanted to see what happened there. So I did see those things. But other than that, I stayed away. So you cut back, but it was hard for you. It was very difficult. I, I wanted to be watching. I wanted to watch... Uh, I wanted to watch the games, but I also wanted to watch the stories. And that's the thing that always has drawn me to football. So you think of the Los Angeles Rams moving back to Los Angeles after being in mm. St. Louis for so long and and getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, you think of their coach, Sean McVay, in his second year getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, you think of the quarterback in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, this rookie who gets his team to the AFC Championship. Those are stories that that I still followed, by the way, uh, even though I wasn't watching these players or these coaches. I watched and read all of the coverage of, of the NFL, but I stayed away from the games. And I think those stories are part of our culture. They remind us of other things in our culture about yeah, excellence. But can and I push back effort. against that? Sure. Yeah, the go NFL ahead. has convinced you that it is part of our American story to hear these stories, whereas somebody like Colin Kaepernick has been told his story doesn't get to play his out on the field anymore. Absolutely, and, and he I'm, doesn't get the full support of the NFL to unroll that story, if yeah. you will. I no, mean, he has I, Nike and he has a bunch of other things that are supporting him in a, in a different message and mission, but. I, I just, I find it, as somebody who doesn't even care about the NFL, I find it disturbing <laughs> that they do have such, such a hold on what we believe to be American culture. They do, but and we that allow those things that are to happen, right? That's because, uh, that's because of the sport's longevity. It's because of uh, its, its uh, size and scale in our culture. Think of the TV coverage that it gets think of it's because of excellent marketing of, yeah, excellent marketing and think of the amount of media 
yeah. who cover various aspects of, of football. It's not just sports. It or how is big Super Bowl culture. weekend is. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I oh. did have a hard time. I, I am still in the same place, though. I will not watch the Super Bowl. I will not. Uh, I will not watch next year. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to one day get myself off of football altogether. Right? <laughs> like an addiction. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. I would love to go yeah. cold turkey yeah. uh, and, and stop watching college football. But but that's even closer to, to me personally yeah, in the, terms of uh, and the participation and in the culture of college football. Biggest sacrifice for me this weekend is giving up that seven-layer dip. You don't, oh, no, 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 no. You, you should have a party just for the dip. Just a dip party. Yeah, yeah, no. You don't have to have the TV you on. Totally it could be on Daniel Tiger with your three-year-old. Right. You need to have seven-layer dip. All right, we're good. Okay, Jake uh, Nieris, producer here on Detroit Today, and Laura Weber-Davis, senior producer here on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, now I want to turn to David Dennis, who is the senior culture editor at Interactive One and who joined us when we talked about these boycotts that we were going to undertake earlier this year. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you're somebody who's been uh, staying away from professional football for a a while now. This was not new to you. Talk about, though— uh, what unfolded for you this season trying not to be a football fan? Uh, well, I found it, you know, this is the second year of me uh, not watching football. I sort of made the decision uh, when Kaepernick first uh, was, you know, when he was left the 49ers and was not re-signed, I initially said I was not going to watch until he was on the football team. Um, now, I will, all, I will always be up front and say I did not think it would be two years or never that he wouldn't be on a football team. <laughs> um, but I, I did find it um, pretty easy to turn away from football, especially I'm a diehard um, Saints fan. I have been a Saints fan my whole life. And when Drew Brees sort of, um, you know, pushed back or, or criticized Kaepernick's um, protests on the anniversary of Katrina, which is one of the things that Colin Kaepernick you know, the spirit of one thing he would be protesting, and Drew Brees should understand that. It really sort of made that easy for me to not, um, you know, want to root for um, Brees and the Saints. Um, and, you know, I, I would say it must be, I think it's a little bit of divine intervention that, um, you know, God has added some years to my life that I did not watch these two heartbreaking <laughs> <laughs> losses that the Saints had these last right. few years. So I think it's all worked out. Um, pretty well for me, but it, it is not. It has not been difficult um, to turn away from football. I'm a huge basketball fan. I spend a lot of time watching that, so um, it hasn't been hard. Um, like um, the producer uh, on there said, I, I don't make people turn it off. But like for Thanksgiving, when I had family over, they watched the Saints and the Falcons, and mm-hmm. I sat in the living room and entertained them while the game was on and, and, and watched. So I'm not super militant. I'm not in the corner reading wretched of the earth while people are watching <laughs> football but but you know when i'm by myself I, I i don't i don't watch it yeah so so talk about this year in the league i before we came on the air today uh, i learned that ratings are up for the nfl this season after several years of going down and that of course made me feel bad because i you know i thought well i'm going to boycott and lots of other people are going to boycott and we're going to show these owners finally that uh, they can't just do whatever they want to african american players uh 
what explains that rise in viewership? And is the league maybe past all of the controversy that was sending ratings down for so many years? Well, I think that one of the, you know, the ratings going up, a lot of it is contributed to, from what I understand, the Thursday night games were, were, were more competitive this year. Um, they were better games on Thursday nights, Sunday nights, and Monday nights. That sort of boosted a lot of the the ratings. Um, you know, I think some of the competition was a little bit better, uh, even though the Patriots are in the Super Bowl once again. Um, you know, I think some of that helped. But I think also, um, you know, when you compare something like the NBA to the NFL, like ratings is sort of, in the social media age, is sort of one way to look at um, the cultural impact of a sport, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a one-dimensional, somewhat archaic way to look at the impact of a sport because I would I would argue that the NBA sort of has more of a cultural, um, is more of a cultural touchstone the way that football sort of used to be. The NBA is really driving a lot of cultural conversation sure. when there's a wacky trade, even last night um, or yesterday when the Knicks sort of, blew up their team yesterday <laughs> it was the dominant social media discussion and so ratings can go up and down with the nfl but i think that the steady decline in sort of um how they define pop culture um as, a, as opposed to nba i think that's really where you're starting to see that that shift hmm. this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm Stephen henderson and as always i'm glad You've joined us. My guest is David Dennis. He's the senior culture editor at Interactive One. We are talking about football and the NFL and the Super Bowl, which happens on Sunday. Uh, are you watching football? Are you watching the NFL? Uh, or are you staying away from it, as I promised to do at the beginning of this football season? Are you going to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday the way that uh, millions and millions of Americans will? Or are you saying, I I can't do this anymore, maybe because of the safety concerns or maybe because of the way that the owners reacted to Colin Kaepernick, who decided several years ago to take a knee during the national anthem to protest injustice against African-Americans. Have you been troubled by all of these things? Are you boycotting a sport or a team on moral grounds? Have you been Lions free for some time now? Something that I know a lot of people do just because the Lions are so awful to watch. Uh, Or are you really still stuck on the sport? Uh, Give us a call and let us know how you're feeling about the NFL as we go into the end of the season. 313-577-1019 is the number, as always, on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Peter on Twitter says, did not watch a down of football all season, may have inadvertently for a couple of plays at the gym. Uh, Marilyn on Facebook or on Twitter says, I can't really say I boycotted. I'm just not interested anymore. So I didn't watch and won't watch the Super Bowl, not even the commercials, which to me are not nearly as entertaining as they used to be. Again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. No surprise uh, the lines lit up uh, when I gave the number this time, uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, David, before we go to the phones, I want to talk about music in the Super Bowl. You've been writing a little about this controversy over who will perform at halftime. Uh, tell us what's going on there. So, yeah, so the NFL has been in a really 
uh, wacky sort of uh, difficult place with their halftime show, the Super Bowl halftime show. It, of course, historically has been this um, huge moment for pop culture artists. You know, Michael Jackson was the first big artist to um, perform there in, in 1993, I believe. Um, you know, it was the most watched, uh, one of the most watched moments in TV history, right? Prince has performed, Beyonce, Madonna, U2, all these people. Um, however, uh, back in, uh, I think, with 2004, when Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake did the uh, reveal of her top, or, you know, the topless reveal, uh, the NFL sort of made this, this overcorrection and sort of uh, almost like on, on racial lines connection of, we're not going to go edgy at all. We're going to go super safe. We're going to go super old and white for the most part, right? And so um, there has that has been sort of the way they have done their halftime show for the last 15 years. Of course, there was an exception of Beyonce, but um, and, and Prince did one. But you know, we get Coldplay and things like that. And artists who are not really um, at the forefront of pop culture and and definitely not hip hop artists definitely not a lot of young black artists in that time so now they are coming to atlanta which is the mecca of black music in pop culture <laughs> um and it has been for the last few years right mm -hmm. and there are a lot of local artists who would be uh welcome to perform who would, the city would love who would be great for such um a performance um or even just one that reflected the demographic of the city any young black artist um they chose Maroon 5, who uh, is not any of those <laughs> things. And so there was backlash for that choice of Maroon 5, like NFL, like why can't you pick some of the artists who would, who people, the, the country would like to see and who locally people would be more interested in. But also on the other side of the backlash is the idea that what black artists would want to perform would want to be for associated the Super Bowl with and it. be a part of it and be associated with this organization that has done such things to Colin Kaepernick and, you know, against people who kneel. So they were, they were in this this sort of middle ground weird space. Jay-Z has rapped about not wanting to do the halftime show. Rihanna has reportedly said no um, in solidarity with Kaepernick. Cardi B said the same thing. Um, so the NFL grabs Travis Scott to do it, who's young rapper um, from Houston, um, and Big Boy, who's um, one half outcast Atlanta group. And it's sort it's felt like they were trying they were reacting it was a reactionary moment to the backlash but also travis scott caught backlash for deciding to um be a part of this nfl mm -hmm. thing so it's just a it's, a it's a mess they cancel the maroon the um there's usually an artist press conference before the super bowl they canceled it they were late to officially announce maroon five as the performer um even though it'd been out since september it, it's it's a mess. It's really a mess, um, and it's really sort of a sign of how the NFL is incapable of really addressing its issues in terms of race and culture, and, and doing it to to really please anybody. And mm -hmm. the position they're in that that makes it really difficult for them to do that. Yeah, they're having a hard time outrunning this controversy in any context. It does seem uh, that uh, that uh, they can't get away from what they've done. Uh, by sort of papering over it with uh, with 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 decisions, and it's it's uh, I, I am really anxious to see what the reaction is 
to the performances on Sunday. All right, let's... And, and by contrast, uh-huh. the NBA for the All-Star Week in, in two weeks has Meek Mill and J. Cole performing, right. which is right there. Such on the a contrast, of... right? Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get to the phones here. Uh, L in Farmington, you're up first. What's on your mind? Hi. Hi. Actually, um, I, I love this show. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I am a person who I happen to love football. I, I have loved it since college. And initially, early on in the season, I did boycott uh, the NFL, primarily for moral reasons. I did not like the treatment of the players by the owners. But then the conversation took a turn. And now you had people that were boycotting for what they felt were patriotic reasons. And that, for mm-hmm. me, shifted the conversation because now I was watching purely out of solidarity. <laughs> so it, 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 beca- it began to be something different because if we, if as a black woman, I cannot have the movement of we're not watching because we don't like the players. And now you have others that are not watching because they're un-American. Mm-hmm. Now I have to choose where my allegiance right. lies. <laughs> and because so many NFL players um, represent a percentage of black wealth, <laughs> that has to play into, I felt, and maybe selfishly, I just wanted to keep watching football, <laughs> <laughs> but it has to play into my reasoning of, of where. Right. Um, What's the strategy? Right. What's the strategy that, that, that best uh, projects the, the, the feelings that you have, right? Uh, do you watch? Yes. To support the players, uh, or do you boycott to, to hurt the owners? I guess that's a, I guess that's a conundrum, uh, and and it's a great it's a great uh, uh, it's a great sort of strategy question, I guess, to inject into the conversation. L, I really appreciate the the, the call and the comments, uh, uh, David Dennis. What about that idea that if you boycott, you're hurting the players? Yeah, no, that's I, I, one of the. Um arguments that, that I hear a lot that, hey, you're boycotting, you're taking money out of young black men's pockets, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, you know, I, I would combat that by saying that hopefully um, the NFL seeing, um, you know, such backlash would lead them to maybe changing some of the policies which would benefit some of these players in the long term anyway, right? Like if we can get see some of these players maybe get some guaranteed contracts or – uh, you know, some sort of a little bit more financial stability in the next collective bargaining agreement in, in 2021, then maybe, uh, you know, them seeing backlash leading to those changes might help the players in, in the long run. Or, uh, you know, if the NFL becomes uh, not as a sustainable of a career, then maybe we can get some of these players to go find something else to do instead of um, finding a career where they they have CTE. Mm. Yeah, yeah. L, I really appreciate the call and the thoughts there. Let's go to Frank in Lincoln Park. Frank, welcome to Detroit today. Steven, long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, great. Uh, I, uh, I enjoy the game of football. I really don't care about commercials. I don't care about the politics of kneeling. I don't care about the health concerns. We can all make our own choices. Uh, I enjoy football. I'm watching the game. I watched a lot of football this year. I'll watch a lot of football next year. It's not so, it's not bothering you. None of these controversies is eating at your conscience. Absolutely doesn't bother me one little bit and I'm as political as the next guy, but when it comes <laughs> to me being entertained, I'm not letting anything get in the way. 
Okay. All right, Frank. I appreciate the call and the comments. I think there's something very American about uh, what you're saying there, right? Don't get in the way of my entertainment. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Cindy in Ferndale. Cindy, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Um, I'm a woman of principle. I've had my thermostat down to 62 the last couple of days. <laughs> right. And I, I really wanted to boycott because I supported Colin Kaepernick. I lost friends over that whole thing. But, uh, you know, and I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm really sick of spending 16 weeks of my life just to find out who the Patriots are going to play. <laughs> but there's nothing else to do in the winter. I look so forward to watching football every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just can't give and, it up. And Cindy, that does get to this this bigger the bigger question about football. It's not just about the games or the sport. It is about these these routines that we have, these cultural routines that includes Sunday afternoons sitting in front of the television and watching even the Lions who, you know, you almost always know what that uh, what that outcome is going to be. It's not going to be good. Uh, but, but I, you know, I, I think the, the things that you're saying about how you feel um, about the league are, are eating at a lot of people, including me, this idea that um, that you can't just support something that is so wrong in so many ways. Uh, David Dennis, uh, what, what's the turning point for this with the NFL? Is this, are we seeing the beginning of the end of professional football on the scale that we have it? Uh, or will the league just sort of weather this and come out the other side just as strong? Oh, well, you know, there are a lot of um, circumstances sort of swirling around the NFL that, that signal, I wouldn't say doom, but maybe um, decreasing their uh, cultural cachet a little bit. Namely, um, in 2021, they do have a collective bargaining agreement coming out, uh, coming up, and it does appear as though they are looking towards a work stoppage, right? And so um, I think that as much as the negative uh, publicity that they've gotten really puts the NFL – against the wall here in terms of trying to make sure that they can, um, you know, maintain their dominance coming on the other end. So I don't think we'll probably see that much of a, of a um, decline this year, maybe next year. But if we, if the whole country realizes sort of what a lot of people on this show realize, if we have a year, year and a half off of NFL, maybe we can, maybe we do like seeing our families on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, you know, like maybe we will find other things to do. Maybe the NBA will start airing games in the afternoon. I was going to say, um, that's, uh... when, when football is gone. And then we're really looking at something that, that can be damaging to the NFL. Yeah. Okay. David Dennis, senior culture editor at Interactive One. Always great to have you here on Detroit Today. Oh, thanks for having me. Up next, we're going to talk with Maria Inahosa, the wonderful and brilliant host of Latino USA, which is going to begin airing right here on WDET tomorrow. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.